Shall utter your name in humble adoration in
Good morning. Welcome to East Taylor's Baptist Church. We're excited to have you here this morning. If you're joining us online, we welcome you as well. Uh, special treat this morning. We have um, Jody, who's going to be coming this morning and leading us in our service and talking about the North Carolina Baptist uh, Children's Home. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, I do want to draw your attention. We don't typically do this, but I'm going to do it this morning because it's an uh, important thing that's coming up. Um, student ministry, in student ministry, for, for instance, um, summer camp seems like a long ways away, but we've got to get started on that. Um, registration is now open for our 6th through 12th graders uh, for summer camp. So you may have saw, saw on the screens or it's in the bulletin, there's this fancy QR code right here. You just take your phone out, hover over it, and hit the link when it comes up, and you can register there for summer camp. Please do that by February 12th. We have to turn in the check for summer camp by February 15th. So it does seem like it's far away, but it is only 30 days away for us to send in our numbers. So if you can do that, uh, do that as soon as you can. Also, we're going tubing next Sunday at Jonas Ridge. It's coming up very quick. We have 20 more spots available. Same thing, 6th through 12th grade. Hover over that thing, hit the link, and you'll be good to go, okay? Um, so typically we don't do that, but those things are coming up. I want to make you aware of those. Keep an eye on other things that are coming up. Um, there's lots of things. One event every month from now until March. So keep an eye on your bulletin and the screens for those things. Um, at this time, we're going to do something that we do every year, and uh, we're going to honor our first graders and have them come up here to the stage, and we're going to give them Bibles that they can use from now until forever, we hope. And uh, so if you guys will come on up this way, I'm going to ask Miss Elizabeth. Uh, she is our new children's director, and I'm so looking forward to collaborating with her. It's going to be a wonderful ride, I think, and good for ministry here at East Tailsville. She's, she's going to say a, a few words about uh, what we're doing this morning and the importance of the Bibles that we're giving them, and uh, then we're going to give one to each kid. Good morning. I'm super excited to be the new children's director at East Taylorsville. Um, we have so many great things that our church does. Awana, we have Wednesday night church, we have Sunday school, we have children's worship usually during this hour. And all of that is done because we want to point your children towards Jesus. That's the reason we do all of it. Um, we want them to come to know Jesus as their savior. And then we also want them to mature in their faith. We don't want them to just to stay put. That's not our end goal. That's the beginning point. Then we want them to come to know Jesus as the king of their lives and to grow into awesome men and women that serve Jesus. So we feel like this is a great first step for our first graders as they're learning to read, um, that we can put a Bible in their hands and show them the importance of God's word. So um, I know my first grader was very excited this morning that this is like her Sunday to get her Bible. So I'm going to introduce um, our first graders, Amber is going to give them their Bible. Amber and Debbie Kiever are our first grade Sunday school teachers, and they do an excellent job. So many of our Sunday school teachers, week after week, show up for our kids, and without them, none of this would be possible. Our children wouldn't grow in their maturity in Christ without them. So thank you if you're a volunteer, period, but especially in the children's department. So, all right, our, I'm going to introduce our first graders. Colson Fox. Patton Medlin. Virginia Walker, and then Samson Gwaltney is also here, and we'll get, he's in this class, but we will get him his Bible. So let's give our first graders a round of applause. Thank you. All right, well, as they're walking down, you guys can stand up. We're going to continue on in our service with worship this morning. Turn to your neighbor and tell them hello.
going to ask, if you will, to be seated just for one moment. I want you to notice the flowers on the stage. They're placed today on the stage by the family of uh, Maddie Sue Conley. That's Elaine Norton's mother. She passed away uh, this past week. So let's remember Elaine and her family in prayers. I'm going to ask Cindy Lou if she'll come forward now. And if your family will come up here and sit on the front pew. As you know, we set this time aside during our services so that we can pray, uh, not only for our service, but also for um, our members in need. And Cindy Lou has a great uh, prayer request this morning. I'm going to ask her if she will just to speak about this just for a moment, and then we're going to open up our altar uh, for a time of prayer. So thank you, Cindy Lou. A lot of you know me. I've been a member here at East Taylorsville for about 28 years, um, married to Fred. We'll celebrate 29 years in March of being married, and we have four children that have grown up here in this church and two beautiful grandbabies. But this is my story I want to share. Um, <clears throat> six and a half years ago, my oldest sister needed a kidney transplant due to an inherited um, kidney disease, and I jumped at the chance to donate one of mine. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I was unable to do so. During the testing process, the doctor discovered that I too had PKD, it's polycystic kidney disease. Basically cysts grow and grow and grow on my kidney and suffocate my kidney so it won't work anymore. Um, for the past six and a half years, I've been doing my best to protect my kidneys, trying to eat better, drinking lots of water, exercise, trying new meds. Um, but unfortunately, there's no cure for PKD, so over time, my kidneys have gotten worse, causing them to not work <clears throat> well enough to keep me alive. This is what I'm faced with now. Either dialysis treatment or kidney transplant. Dialysis treatment will help my kidneys do their job and keep me alive, but a transplant would offer me more freedom, the ability to live a longer, healthier life um, and a more normal life. A transplant <clears throat> would also give me more time to do the fun things that I enjoy most, like spending time with my family, my grandbabies and friends, and watching my kids do all their sports and activities. The waiting list for a deceased donor kidney is about three to five years, so time is not on my side. Asking for a live kidney donor is so hard for me to do. I don't like asking for anything. But a live donor lasts longer and has better function. And here are some facts about kidney donation. You really only need one kidney to live a healthy, long life. My sister's donor um, actually said she lives a healthier life now. She's running 5Ks and all, trying to do it in all the states. She just got back from Hawaii. Friends of mine that have donated in the past have said they don't even realize they only have one kidney. They just, they, they're function well without it. Um, <clears throat> most donors recuperate fairly quickly in about two weeks. The cost is completely covered by our insurance and you will have your own separate team of healthcare professionals to look out for your best interest. If donating a kidney is something you would consider and pray about, I would be happy to tell you more and to explore the process to see if you're a match for me. I know being a live donor isn't for everybody, but you can still help. You can tell people about my story, and you can pray. Pray that I find a donor, and pray with me for my donor, whoever that would be, that God would bless them abundantly. Thank you. And we have, we have information if people, you know, want to. We have packets and things that they can look at and, and learn more about it. All right, Cindy Lou, I'm going to ask you and Freddie and your family to come here and stand in front of the steps. Uh, as you know, we take this time to pray for each other. So if you'll stand with me.
I'm going to ask Kevin if he'll come up and lead us in this prayer. Um, before you start playing, I just want to say this about Cindy Lou and Freddie and her family. They drive from Wilkes County to come to church every time they're here. Cindy Lou and I served with IMB missionaries in the Philippines on a mission trip that we did. Uh, many of you went on that trip. Uh, I really appreciate this family. I love them. Baptized most of their ki- baptized their kids and uh, just, just thank the world of them. If you feel like that you could be a kidney donor, please contact Cindy Lou. Uh, she's on the transplant list, but as she said, it's just a very difficult process. I have a good friend of mine who's on the list as well. It's just a very difficult time. So as the praise team leads us in this time of prayer, if you will, meet us here at the altar, and then let's pray for this family together, okay? Thank you so much. now I just ask as a congregation let's just individually lift up Cindy Lou in this situation and we just simply ask for the Lord to provide our Heavenly Father Holy God who knows everything about us knows everything that we need Heavenly Father you are more than able to meet our needs you are omnipotent where there is nothing outside of your control And Lord, today we surrender our lives to your will. But Lord, we also ask that you move, that you provide. And Lord, that you may even work through your people, through an individual that be compelled, Lord, to step forward. And Lord, that you would have sovereign control over the whole situation. And Lord, I pray that through this process that you might even, if it's your will, bring complete healing to Cindy. Lord, you are more than able to do that. And Lord, we ask that you bring healing. We pray that you'd bring comfort and your perfect peace to this family. And Lord, through this all, Lord, may your name be lifted high. That through this, that others may come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life. And Lord, I pray that you'd strengthen this family, strengthen the marriage. And Cindy Lou, as a mom, as a grandmother, Lord, that you would use her to bring strength to her family. And Lord, thank you that we have the privilege to call on you and know that you hear, that we boldly approach your throne of grace, find help in time of need. And Lord, there is desperate need this morning. So God, I pray that you would work and pray that you would answer according to your perfect plan and your perfect will. And Lord, today as a congregation, there are so many other needs. And Lord, we just lay those at your feet. We pray for Elaine and her family that you would continue to comfort them during this time. And Lord, just lead us to where we need to be today, even as Jody speaks in just a moment. We pray that you would help us to hear you and respond in obedience. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
may be seated. Walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall, but you have never failed me yet. Waiting for change to come, knowing the for you have never failed me yet no you never failed your promise still stands great is your faithfulness faithfulness i'm still in your hands this is my
Man, was that not a blessing? Let's give the Lord another hand clap of praise there. If you notice in your bulletin, we have a very special guest with us this morning. I met Jody uh, this past year. He came um, and did a presentation with our staff. One of our goals, especially for this year, is to let you know a little bit more about whom you support and what a, a blessing and a benefit it is to be a Southern Baptist. 
And uh, one of the ministries that we really wanted to highlight was the Baptist Children's Home. And when Jody came and spoke to our staff, I had no idea all the branches within the Baptist Children's Home. And uh, uh, got a kindred spirit with Jody. Jody, thank you so much for being here with us this morning. I'm just going to read a little bit of his uh, biography. He's pastored two North Carolina Baptist churches over the past 22 years. He's graduated from Gardner-Webb University, which is a friend of this church, uh, Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. He's, married, he's been married to Stacy for 21 years. Thank you so much for being here. He has a son, Cameron, who's 19 years old. Savannah's here with us this morning. She's 16 years old. And for the last three years, Jody served on the board of directors of the Baptist State Convention, which is... Uh, something very honorable to be a part of. And he's been working closely with Baptist Children's Home of North Carolina, the North Carolina Baptist Foundation, the Biblical Recorder, Wake Forest Baptist Health, and he's now serving the Baptist Children's Home of North Carolina as a director of development for the Metrolina region. It's a lot to say. You've got a lot going on, Jody. Uh, and, and I just want to say this. At the end of the service, we're going to take up an offering for Baptist Children's Home. We have envelopes back there. When you uh, join the church, you're put on our uh, tithe and envelope list, and one of the envelopes you get are all the things that Southern Baptists take uh, up offerings for, and that's one of them. But if you want to write out a check today for Baptist Children's Home, write it out to East Taylorsville, and then we'll write a check to the Baptist Children's Home of North Carolina. But if you will, let's give Jody Yop a, a warm Alexander County welcome. Thank you. I am so glad to be here today, and I'm so glad they saved and already passed two slides for me to go through so that I didn't have to do all of those uh, introductions and that you had put it in your bulletin so I don't need to share anything about who I am or uh, how the Lord's used me for the past many years because thank goodness your pastor and, and your staff has already given you a little bit of information, and uh, we're just grateful to be here. So we want to say thanks on behalf of Baptist Children's Homes of North Carolina, Dr. Blackwell, who's been our president for 40 years. Uh, we want to thank you for the opportunity to come and share with you a little bit about what we do course, number one priority is taking care of children. And in just a minute, you're going to see a slide of the chapel up at Thomasville, where this is on the campus, our main campus, our home campus at Thomasville. This is the chapel outside and a statue that is in front of that chapel, which is very iconic of the very first child that we took into our care back in 1885, and then every child that we take care of from that day forward. Uh, it all began in Thomasville in 1885 when a gentleman decided that North Carolina Baptists needed a children's homes of their own. Now, it took several years to get it going and, and several years for it to be voted in, but in 1885, the convention decided that we needed a home for children who did not have parents. It was a good central location, and the gentleman who received the very first child actually donated all the property that our campus in Thomasville is on to this day, and that's where it began back in 1885. In a minute, you're going to see a picture of the state of North Carolina, South Carolina, Guatemala, and on these dots that are represented there, there are 31 dots. Uh, they're actually growing. It should be next year when we redo this, as we just finished in December. We'll be redoing a lot of these stats and numbers. We actually have 33 locations in North Carolina now where we have ministry. And all of those dots represent different types of ministries, which I will explain to you in just a few minutes the umbrella of ministries that we have. Just going to stay on this picture for just a minute because we have four main campuses for Baptist Children's Homes across North Carolina. One down at Kennedy Home in Kinston, North Carolina. It's very much like the, the campus that we have in Thomasville that I spoke about earlier. That's our second campus, and our oldest campus is in Thomasville. We have one in Clyde, North Carolina, our Broyhill campus, and we have one just across the road from UNCP, which is the Odom Home. And on those four main campuses last year, we took care of 932 children. 
That's a lot of kids to take care of. We're blessed to be able to take care of that many kids. Also in those white dots that are represented there, we have uh, homes for those who are intellectually disabled or physically disabled, special needs homes across the state of North Carolina. We have six or seven. They're set up for men's and women's groups. And in those homes, last year we took care of 50 special needs adults. So that's around 1,000 residents that we took care of last year. And I usually use that 1,000 number because let's take 1,000. And I always say, let's use $5 a day. You can't really take care of a child on $5 a day. I don't think you can. Right? You, you might can't. We, we can't because we have to pay our employees. We're housing them. There's a lot of other overhead that we have. $5 a day for 1,000 residents, 365 days a year is $1.825 million. If that's if we feed them one meal a day. Well, you know, multiply that by three. Our food budget is $6 million a year for us just to feed our residents. And so, I mean, this is a real big ministry. I don't sometimes think that North Carolina Baptists know just how big and vast our ministries are. You're going to notice there are two dots down in South Carolina. We don't have Baptist children's homes in South Carolina, but just a few, uh, about a year and a half ago, we finalized a new ministry merger with Christian Adoption Services that are based down in Indian Trail, North Carolina. Just curious, how many have heard of uh, Christian Adoption Services? Just, just curious. Some of you have. That is now a full-fledged ministry of Baptist Children's Homes. We have merged that ministry, and that ministry allows us to do something that we have never been able to do as uh, North Carolina Baptist Children's Homes ever in the history of our 137 years. Now we can adopt children out into Christian homes, and we're licensed in North Carolina and in South Carolina. We can do our own private domestic adoptions now. We, of course, have to use the court system, but we are able to do that. This ministry was grandfathered in with the mission statement that we adopt our children into Christian homes where there is a mom and a dad on the recommendation of a local pastor after they've gone through all the background checks that the state of North Carolina requires, then that home can be open to receive a child from CAS, Baptist Children's Homes, as we've merged those ministries. So we have two adoption offices down in South Carolina as well as adoption offices across the state of North Carolina. You're probably wondering why is Guatemala on there. Well, Guatemala is there because... Several years ago, we had an IMV missionary uh, down in Guatemala who met with some Catholic missionaries who were running an orphanage and a medical clinic. Their funding from Catholic charities and the funding from Rome was going to be drying up. They were going to be closing down these facilities. And when word got back to our IMV missionaries, who happened to be from North Carolina, got word back that these places were going to close, we decided to start negotiating with them. And we actually received those properties for absolutely nothing. We just had a promise that we would continue to run the orphanage and the medical mission. We've actually expanded it now. We have two orphanages and a medical missions down there. Just because we happen to be in the right place at the right time, now we're taking care of about 40 children in Guatemala. And we're hoping that the Lord's going to open up a door for them, for the government, to allow us to bring some of those children back to North America that we might be able to place them in homes, that the door for adoption may open up. Right now we have uh, partnerships with the Philippines and the Czech Republic. So Christian Adoption Services can do adoptions through those two uh, countries internationally. We can do international private adoptions and we can do domestic private adoptions for the first time in 137 years. Now last year with that ministry, and it's brand new, we placed 42 kids in homes last year in our first year of doing this. And so it's going to grow and we believe that when our legislator has the courage to do something about our laws that we are, have reverted back to because of Roe versus Wade, there's still abortion being allowed in North Carolina. We've reverted back to those old laws. When our legislator has the, the fortitude to stand up and to actually do something to limit those abortions in whatever way or to do away with them, whatever they're going to come up with, I want you to know there's going to be more live births in North Carolina. So this ministry is going to expand. 
As long as there are people who are desiring to have children in their home or couples that might be struggling with infertility or a, a Christian couple who wants children, we believe this ministry has placed us now strategically in a position that as laws begin to change, we're going to be able to place children into your homes, and we're very excited about that. For the first time in 137 years, we're putting children in your homes on your pastor's recommendation. We have, uh, we have ministries from what we call the womb to the tomb. And so January is usually a month that we focus on life, and sometimes pastors will do many things. I saw that you're focusing one issue that you have or one focus that you have is on your pregnancy center. Way to go, church. You need to be a supporter of your local pregnancy center. That's one thing that we all can do. Thank you for highlighting Baptist Children's Homes of North Carolina. This is a ministry that you can be proud of because we have ministries from the time a baby is born and until people pass away. We cover those children when they come into the world, and now we have adoption ministries. If we cannot adopt them, we can bring them to a campus and take care of them until we can find a foster home. Now we're also in the foster ministry. Uh, last year, our, our executive director, treasurer, Todd Unzicker, uh, challenged us at Baptist Children's Homes to come up with a program. I'll present that to you in just a moment. What I'd like to, to point out to you at this time is a ministry that we have for senior adults. A lot of people have never heard about NCBAM or North Carolina Baptist Aging Ministry. This is a ministry that is designed for nothing but senior adults. And it's designed to keep seniors in their home for as long as possible. So this is a partnership with the state of North Carolina for senior services. And we have a hotline number that you can call. It routes that number to Thomasville. When those seniors make a request, we try to see if we can meet that request. There are really three or four things that we try to do in this ministry to limit it and make it worthwhile. Number one is a senior may call and they may tell us they don't have access to their home. They need a handicap ramp. So what we'll do is we'll call a church within a five-mile radius of that, where that senior lives. could be that we might call your church and see if you'd be willing to partner with us to build a handicap ramp so they can get in and out of their home. Now, whether a church partners with us or not, we're going to build the ramp. We're going we're to find a way to make the, the ramp happen. But we try to make sure they have access to their home. If they can access their home, they can stay in their home. Number two, are they eating in their home? A lot of seniors will stop eating three meals a day, and they'll try to eat a meal, and they, they just stop really feeding themselves and, and, and nurturing themselves. So if we have a senior who calls and shares with us that their limited ability to cook or they're not eating well, we'll make sure they're partnered with a food program that they get at least one meal delivered to their home a day. So if they can access their home and eat in their home, they can stay in their home. Third, can they bathe in their home? A lot of seniors, when they grow a little older, we don't think about this, but sometimes we get a little older and it's a little hard to step over in that tub. It makes it difficult to step over instead of to step in. So we'll try to come in if we can, find people to partner with us that will make modifications to that bathtub so that we can get them to roll in or step in. They can bathe in their home. And three things that they can stay in their home. If they can access, eat, and bathe in their home, they can stay in their home. If not, one of those three things, DSS and other agencies will pull those seniors out of their home. And they'll be forced to go somewhere else uh, because they don't have all of the, the ability to do that in their home. This ministry, since we started it five years ago, we've tracked it. It averages keeping seniors in their home an extra 18 to 24 months. So here's a great senior ministry, and anybody in this church can do this ministry, do those three or four things well. You can take this, somebody be a senior minister in this church, add this to your repertoire, and imagine what you can do for seniors in this community just by using our resources. This is a buy-in free ministry that any church can use. We also, I shared with you, have homes for those who are developmentally disabled. Got a picture of two guys here coming up. Their name is Alex and Rob. I met these two guys two years ago. They live in our Alvaretta Bullock home up in Asheville. And these two guys qualified last year for the Special Olympics down in Florida. And so we got them on a plane, sent them down there for several weeks to train with their team. Uh, they went to the Special Olympics, represented America in the Special Olympics, came back with a silver medal. And they were as excited as you could possibly imagine. You would have thought they were celebrities. And so uh, they actually got an interview on Good Morning America for just a little blurb. 
and they were also interviewed on a couple of local Charlotte stations uh, when they came back. Just a little, little bit of information. These guys were so excited, but I want to share with you this. We can't plan those types of things when some of our residents might qualify for the Special Olympics. There's no way to, to know when they're going to do that. But because of churches like you who give, either through the cooperative program or take up an offering like you're going to do today, that allows us to have the funds so that when these special needs adults qualify for these things, it allows them to get out of the home and go do things just like you would. So you're allowing them a better quality of life. It helps us get them out there and feel good about themselves. Uh, they, they were just so excited to be able to represent us, uh, to represent the United States, but they thought they were representing Baptist children's homes, which is even better. These guys are absolutely phenomenal. They're best friends. They've been living in this home for years. And this ministry, when we take in special needs adults, doesn't matter what year we take them in, whether they're 18 or 40 or 50 or 60, when we take them in, we take care of them until the Lord calls them home. We take on that obligation. We will take care of them until the Lord calls them home. Last year at the Baptist State Convention, or I'm sorry, a year and a half ago at the Baptist State Convention, our new executive director, Treasurer, Todd Unzicker, challenged Baptist Children's Homes to come up with an idea that we could combat child homelessness in North Carolina. So we came up with this idea called Every Child. It's a partnership with the Baptist State Convention and Baptist Children's Homes of North Carolina. What we do in this partnership is Baptist Children's Homes has now people on our staff that can come to your church and we can train you to be a foster parent. Our foster license is good in all 100 counties, so if you desire to foster children, to open up your home, it can be short-term or long-term, one night, if you just want to be an emergency care worker. So when they come in and do an investigation, sometimes a child needs a place to stay for one night. If you've got an extra bedroom and a heart, and, 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 and the Lord is putting it on your heart to maybe find out how you could be a domestic missionary, here's a way that if you've got an extra bedroom and a heart, it doesn't really cost you anything. We're going to give you the training for free. We don't charge a dime for our training. We'll send someone down to your church. We'd like for there to be a couple of families or, to, or a church to partner with another church. We'll come up and on your schedule. We can do it on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night so you don't have to do another extra night out. 30 hours of training done over time. When you're finished, you have a license to foster children in your home. But we've added a piece to this. We've made it a foster program and then a foster to adopt program, which is the cheapest and fastest way in North Carolina to receive a child in your home. And now, if you're not aware of it, the Baptist State Convention, when we passed our budget at this year's Baptist State Convention, there is money now available that if your church donates and helps a family to, through this program, foster to adopt, or through adoption through Christian Adoption Services, which is one of our ministries, the Baptist State Convention will match every dollar this church matches two to one. Two to one. So we're putting our money where our mouth is as a convention we're putting our money where our mouth is as Baptist children's homes. And now what we need is for a local church to start an adoption fund. And so when a local church starts an adoption fund and a set of parents come forward and say, I want to adopt or foster, then you have available, at, you have available to you the fund at your church that we will match two to one. So what it normally costs to foster to adopt in North Carolina is approximately $2,500 to $3,000. So imagine if a church raises $1,000, we're going to give you two, and that makes that adoption absolutely no cost to a family in your church. That's the way to do this. It's going to take money. We're going to have to invest resources, but we believe we can make a dent in the 16,000 children that every year in North Carolina for the last three years in a row have been taken out of their homes. We have not made a dent in this number in three years. Every year, 16,000 children are pulled from their homes. Yes, it may be for one night, but a lot of those are long-term. They're pulled out and put into the foster system, or they're put into care somewhere around the state of North Carolina. Now, I shared with you last year, we took care of 1,000 children. Be proud of the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina and Baptist Children's Homes. We take care of one-sixteenth 
of all the children in North Carolina who need a home. You're doing a good job. When you give to CP, when our convention gets those funds and then forwards those funds to us, we're able to take care of 1,000 children. But the answer is not to continue for us to take care of more and more and more children on our campuses. That's not the answer. The answer is to get these kids in good homes like yours, where they're going to be brought to church, where they're going to hear about the Lord, where we have a stable family, where there's a mom and a dad who profess to be Christian, and a pastor can sign off and say, I believe in this family. That's where our kids need to be. So while we're taking care of 1,000 children, we can take care of more if our folks buy into this program and receive children into their homes. Can you imagine how many thousands of children across the state of North Carolina we can put in good Christian homes if churches would step up? I understand there are over 4,000 Baptist churches in the state of North Carolina. I actually hear there's 4,400 4, Baptist churches in North Carolina that have in some way affiliated with the, the Baptist State Convention. They don't always partner in every way, but they affiliate in some way. I want you to hear me. It can be done. We can eliminate homelessness in North Carolina. If every church in North Carolina took one child a year for four years, in four years there would be zero children on our foster care and caseload and our DSS load in the state of North Carolina. If we as Southern Baptists just took up every year and said this church is going to find a family for one child a year for four years in a row, there would not be a child in North Carolina that would have a home. We can do this. We just have to have people who will say, you know what, I've got room for an extra child in my life. I've got time for an extra child. I've got an extra bedroom. We will train you for free. There is money that is available for free. All we need is people to step up and say, we're ready to take care of a child. Christian Adoption Services every year invites their birth moms back to a birth moms retreat. Last year, I shared with you that we put 42 children into Christian homes last year. 32 of those was through Christian Adoption Services. The others were through the Foster to Adopt program, Baptist State Convention, and North Carolina Baptist Children's Homes. So 42. These pictures that you're fixing to see represented are a group of women, and there's about 34, 35, 36 women in this picture. So these are our birth moms from last year who, who chose life. They chose to bring that child into the world, and then, then they chose us to be the caretaker of that child until we could place that child in a home. Well, every year we invite these moms back, year after year after year. We've been doing it for 15 years. They're welcome to come back as long as they'll come to the invitation. It costs them absolutely nothing. We pay for it. And every year we present the gospel to them, and we love on them for a weekend. This year, out of those 36 moms that we presented the gospel to them, eight accepted Jesus at the birth moms retreat. See, we don't just look to this ministry. is not just a ministry to, to take a child from a mom and then place them in a home. We minister to these women year after year after year. Now, as a part of this ministry, we're having a brand new home built on the campus at Thomasville called the Emmanuel Home. The Emmanuel Home, it's already all, all paid for. We're just in the construction business. Uh, it's a home that's going to be designed for when these moms give birth and choose life. Some of these moms don't have a home to go back to. I can tell you their backgrounds. Some of, some of it's not good, okay? Every background you can possibly imagine. But they don't have a home. We're going to allow these women to come on our campus and live there for one year. They go through our program. If they complete our program, we've got a donor in North Carolina that is willing to stand up for these women and give them a full college education. Choose life, go through a 12-month program, receive a college education. And this man's just doing it out of his pocket because he wants to do something that will change the cycle. Let's get these women out of this cycle. Let's give them an opportunity to give them some education. I want you to be proud of Baptist Children's Homes. We are an arm of the convention of the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina. So we're an entity, we're an arm. They elect our trustees, we have a good covenant relationship. 
Uh, we partner with them, and that's why once a year we're allowed to ask for an offering from your church. Usually around Thanksgiving time, we promote our offering. But a lot of people I found out don't know what we do. Now, I haven't shared every ministry that we have with you this morning. There's no way I could. We have some camps that are for troubled teens. We have some other ministries for uh, young mothers, teen mothers, for single mothers, for abused women. And last year, we had to start a new ministry that we never thought we would get into, and that's a sex traffic ministry. We never thought we would be in that ministry, but we had a young girl come to us. She was 14 years old. She had been abducted. Some boys put her in a car, and they told her what they were going to do with her. Now, somewhere down the road, I don't know how long it was, we don't really have a lot of the information yet. We don't know where her family is in the picture because we've got custody of this young girl. But at 14 years of age, she pulled the door handle and jumped out of a moving car. She broke her hip and she broke her leg, and she's in our care right now. Not only are we taking care of her physically, but she's got a lot of emotional scars. And we're going to have to take care of her long term. This is what the world is bringing to us. And so these are the ministries that we have in North Carolina. You may not know this, but we are the largest pro-life ministry in North Carolina. Bar none, there's nobody close that handles the volume of, a, of young people, adults, and citizens that we serve. There is nobody that does more for the pro-life agenda in North Carolina than Baptist Children's Homes of North Carolina. We want to thank you because we can't do what we do without our donors. We have to raise 70% of our income every year. 30% of our income comes from the state through foster care. And then 70% of everything that we do, we raise year after year after year. So without our churches, without folks like you, we, we don't have a ministry. We're a secondary ministry. Your church is your first ministry. But without churches like you, we can't do what we do. So I just want to thank you for uh, hearing that. And very quickly, I want to take you through some scripture. And, and I promise, I know that we've had a lot of special things going on today that you needed to do with your children and what. What an opportunity for a church to pray for a family that has a need. I mean, what an opportunity. I want you to just very quickly walk with me. And I don't expect you to be able to turn with me to everything that I've got. It should be on the screens here. But in Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through 24, you'll know this passage well. It says, And the Lord God said, It's not good for a man that he should be alone. So I will make him a helper that is comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. Whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, to the beasts of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper that was comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs, and he closed up the flesh in its place. And then the rib which the Lord God had, made, uh, had taken from man, he made into woman. And he brought her to the man, and Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. I know you know the story of creation. You know what's there. God made man. He made him out of the dust of the earth, breathed life into Adam's nostrils. He became a man. And then to create woman, he took a rib out of Adam. I know you know that story. I know you see what is there, but I want you to see what is not there. Sometimes it's important for you to see what is not there. And, and, and then you have to ask the question, why? What does God want me to see from what is absent? You know, God, when he created, could have created a family if he wanted to with a mom and dad and three kids. He could have spoken to existence. He could have said, I want a family, and it's going to be a man and a woman and three kids, and poof, he could have spoken into existence. But he did not do that. He created a man, and then he created a woman and put them in a garden. They did not have a biological mother or father, and they had no biological children. So the nuclear family did not exist. And in, in, in technically then, when we look at Adam and Eve, because they did not have a biological father or a biological mother, they are orphans by definition. Here's what I want to point out to you. From the very beginning, God created man as orphans of God. 
so that they would need to turn to him and rely on him. See, God's plan from the beginning was that they would need him. They would want him. They would call out to him. And when they did, what did God do? He received them. And he took care of them. And in the garden, he gave them dominion and stewardship over everything, except there were a few things, of course, as we know, that were off limits. God created man and woman without biological parents because he wanted to be their father. He was all that they needed. And this is a good news to our children when they come to our campus, and some of them don't know who their mom and dad is, because if God created Adam and Eve, and he loved them and put them in a garden where things were perfect, and where he wanted them to call out and allow him to meet their every need, then when kids get to our campus without a mom and dad, we can say, that's the way it's been from the beginning. And the only father you need is the Lord God who is designed to take care of all of your needs. And until you have a mom and dad, we're going to stand in and be your mom and dad. And until you understand who God is, we're going to be the representative for God for you. You need to know that just because you don't have a mom and dad doesn't mean you're less than anything. Because God created Adam and Eve without a mom and dad. God created mankind without a mom and dad. It's, where, it's not where we start that matters, but it, where, where we end does matter. And we have the opportunity to move these kids forward at Baptist Children's Homes. In Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 6, it says, And a man of the house of Levi went and took a wife of the daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And she saw that he was a beautiful child, and she hid him for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, dabbed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the river's uh, reeds by the river's bank as, her, as his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to, done to him then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river and her maidservants walked along the riverside and when they saw the ark among the reeds she sent her maids to go get it and when she opened it up she saw the child and behold the baby wept so she had compassion on him and said this is one of the Hebrew children you know the story of Moses' life well I don't want to recount to you all of that story but here is something that you need to know and see in the Bible, here is the first time that we see a woman give up her child for adoption so that he would be in a better, safer place. Now, Moses' mom didn't want to give up this child. From the beginning, she chose life. She chose to follow the Lord more than she chose to follow Pharaoh. She feared God more than she feared Pharaoh, and she had that child knowing that if she had that child and his uh, army was to come through the camp, that they might take that boy and put him to death. She chose the hard path. But three months into this new life, living in a mud hut and a thatched roof just outside the city limits. Armies walking through and a baby crying night and day. You're not going to be able to hide a baby much longer. And this mom had to make a very difficult decision. What am I going to do? I love this boy, but if, if this child stays with me, he's going to be hurt and they're going to kill him. And she made a decision to try to find, to the best of her ability, the best home she could find for her child. Now we know as the story goes that she had observed Pharaoh's daughter. She observed the way that she treated her maidservants. The Bible says she treated them well. She watched her every day, and so she had learned her countenance, her character, her, her integrity, and she decided that the best place for her boy was to push him right down in the river in front of her, and surely this woman would not turn this child away, and she didn't. Here is the first adoption that we see in the Bible, not because the mom wanted to give the baby away, but because she needed a safer place for her child. I want to share that with you because a lot of times women come to us at Baptist Children's Homes not because they want to give their children away, because their, their home is not a safe place. You don't know how many times we hear, my husband beats me and the children. Or there's illegal, illegal activity going on in the home and I need to get my child out. Can you take my child for a few months? I've got to find a way to get out of this. Uh, either, either he's got to, got to come to the Lord or we've got to have some reconciliation. And the mom doesn't want to give up her child. She needs a safer place for that child. Can I tell you, Baptist Children's Home, sometimes it's just a safer place for a child. God had prepared a child that had been given up for adoption to become the leader of his people. 
And you never know what God's going to do with some of our children, what God's going to raise them up to be at Baptist children's homes. You never know what God's going to use them. God uses adoption. Do you know in the Bible, adoption is not less than? In the Roman culture, adoption is equal to. And I want you to hear this in God's eyes. When he designed man, he created them as orphans so that they would call out to him as their father. Isn't it unique then that if adoption is not less than but equal to, then it doesn't matter where we start or where we come from or whether we know where our mom and dad, who our mom and dad are or if we can trace our parents back to the Mayflower or to Ellis Island. Some of you can do that. I can trace mine all the way back to when they came here. Some of our children can't go back one generation. But that doesn't matter when they get in the right family. The right family is the family of God. Are you in the right family? Are you in the right family? It doesn't matter where you came from. Now, it's good to have a good name and a legacy and know where you came from. I'm not, I'm not against any of that. But can I tell you something? Ultimately, that doesn't matter unless you're in the right family. We can all be in the right family today. Exodus chapter 22, 21 through 24 is just a reminder. I won't read all of this, but I'll just give you a synopsis. They're traveling from Egypt, going to the promised land, and God stops them short at the, at the mountain of God, Mount Sinai. Oh, there's quaking and shaking and lightning, and the voice of God is heard, and he's calling Moses up and down. And I mean, I'm telling you, it's a tremendous passage in the Bible to read all of what God's doing at that mountain. But one of the things he says to them there is, as you're going into the promised land, you shall never, never mistreat a stranger nor oppress him, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You should not afflict any widow or fatherless child. If you afflict them in any way, and I hear their cry out to me, I will surely hear their cry, and my wrath will come upon you. You know, anybody could say that if you were in Egypt in bondage and you got out, now you're going to the promised land. Who of us might not say this? Tell you what, if them Egyptians ever come to our place, if they ever desire to try to come up the trade routes to our place, we're going to get them. We're going to do exactly to them what they did to us in every way. If they mistreated our wives, we're going to mistreat their wives. If they killed our children, we're going to kill their, you know, eye for an eye, we're going to get them back. And God knew what they were thinking. And he said this to them. No. No. When I get you there, I want you to be better than the people of the world. I don't want you to do what they do. I want you to follow what I am asking you to do. And if you will listen to me, I will conquer every enemy that you have. And when you wander away from me, I will let you be succumbed by every enemy that you have. Is that not the history of the Old Testament? When God's people followed him, he vanquished every enemy. So he says to them, I know you have a right to be angry, but let me be God and you be my people. That's the word for today. That's a good word for us to hear today. Why is that important for the children at Baptist Children's Home? Because a lot of these kids have never been dealt fairly with in any stage of their life. And if they walk on our campus, we try to tell them, this is a place where if nobody else has ever treated you fairly, while you're here, you're going to be treated fairly. God reminded his people that even though they had a right to be angry, that doesn't mean they had to follow through on their anger. Baptist Children's Homes teaches these children that there are people who love them and that will treat them fairly. Lastly, Romans chapter 8. Now, here's what I hope I, that you see in what I'm saying as we've walked through the Bible. I know this is very quick with a presentation and then bringing some scripture on the end. Here's what I, want, I don't want you to miss. From the beginning in Genesis, God created them as orphans, and he loved them and had a plan for them to be brought into his family so that he could be their father. In Romans, the same story is there. From beginning to end, God wants us to be adopted into his family. Don't miss this. This has been the plan from the beginning. Romans chapter 8, verse 12, it says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to deeds the death of the body, 
you will live. For as many as you are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out to our Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we are children, then we're heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Indeed, if we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Now look, your pastor would tell you Romans is probably the deepest, most theological book in all the Bible. And that each verse probably should be taking some time to, to just expound upon that. I know I don't have time to do that this morning, but here's what I want to point you to with this understanding that God's heart has always been towards adoption. Okay? When we get to Romans, let's look at verse number 16. And the reason why I want to point this out to you today is probably in a crowd this size, there are some people who are thinking about what it might like, be like to be a child of God. They may be thinking through that process. You may be on the verge. You might be ready to accept Christ as your personal Savior. How can you know that you've done that? How can you know that you know that you're saved? Well, there's some evidence given to us in this passage of Scripture here that tells us how this happens. And here's the thing. Only you and the Lord can know that this has happened. So what does it tell us in verse number 16? It says this. The Spirit Himself, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit Himself, bears witness with our spirit. There's something that happens when man responds to the gospel, when they are being called to the Lord. And in some way, the Holy Spirit reaches out to us, and we're drawn, man is drawn. And when the Holy Spirit meshes with my spirit, when it comes together, it says, we are children of God. It's that simple. When you submit to God, and you, you acknowledge that you are a sinner, that you can't fix your plight in life, and that you need a holy God, and that you're willing to surrender and submit to a holy God. When your spirit is right and the Holy Spirit comes together with you, when the spirits collide and God knows it's right, you are a child of God. Then look what it says. And if then children, if I become a child of God, then I'm an heir of God. What is an heir? I'm going to give you some simple definition there. An heir is somebody who gets something that they didn't do anything for. All oh, y'all got stuff, and one day you're going to die, and you're going to try to figure out where your stuff goes, and you're going to make a will. And honestly, it doesn't matter what those people did. They're receiving something that they didn't earn. They didn't earn it. You're giving it to them. Then the gospel says this. There is a transition for when you submit to that holy God and our spirits collide. At that moment, you become a child, and then you're ratcheted up a notch. You become an heir of Jesus Christ. You're getting something that you don't deserve. That's salvation by grace through what Jesus Christ has done on Calvary. You can receive that grace that God has wanted you to have from the beginning. He's wanted you to be a part of his family. He wants you to be his child. Then he says we're not just heirs, but we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Now you don't know in Colossians, oh, you love that passage where it says everything that was made was made for him, through him, by him, and for his glory. So everything that we see was made for Jesus, by him, for, for, for his glory. But it also tells us here in Scripture in Romans that when we become an heir and a joint heir with Jesus, then all that Jesus has, we become a joint heir with him. Folks, when we get to heaven, we're going to share in lots of things that we have no ideas what God wants us to share in with him because he's made us his heir and he's giving that to us. And there's nothing that we do for it except receive the grace from the beginning. He's wanted to be our father. God has adopted us into his family for all who have received Jesus Christ and called upon his name and was sincere in their sin and acknowledged who they were before the Lord. God's heart is for adoption. And if you're here today, I want you to know that God has room for you too. God has room for all of our kids. 
Last year, we took care of 932 children, of whom 112 accepted Christ while in our care last year. That's 13% of our children accepted the Lord Jesus Christ in one year. In the last five years, we have over 600 commitments where these children have come forward and accepted Christ as their Savior. This is not just a ministry that takes care of children. This is a ministry that presents the gospel through the home parents or the foster parents or wherever they're staying. One of our requirements is they're in a church every Sunday morning. They're hearing the gospel. This is a ministry that is transforming lives. And these children know what it means to be adopted into the family of God. At Baptist Children's Homes, we make sure they hear the name of Jesus. And there are ways that you can help us because we believe the church is the answer. Church is the answer. How can you help us? There's food roundup that we do every year, which is just something where we ask churches to collect food, take it to their local association. I come and pick it up. Remember I told you $6 million food budget? When you do food roundup, 40% of our food for the year comes in through that food roundup, so it cuts that $6 million food budget by 40%. That's a lot. You may not think canned goods is that much, but let me tell you something. It is a lot for us. It's very tangible. It's not just money. We're not just asking for money. You're going and buying food or, can, or a gift card if you want to buy a gift card so you don't have to lug groceries. We, we don't mind. We don't care. We'll do the shopping. We'll be glad to do it. I want you to know how valuable that is, how important Food Roundup is. We have Friends of Children Days. These are one-day mission trips that you can come to our campus. We'll set it up for your church. You come down and do a project for us, we'll, we'll give you a meal. Plus, it also gets you on our campuses. We have them on every campus that we have across the state. You're welcome to come during these days. We advertise those. They're on our, our uh, website. You can ask a, a pastor to call, and we'll make your reservation. We'll set up an event. You can come. We have fundraisers during the year. One of them is a ride to Clyde. You'll see some motorcycles up here. Uh, that is my, me and my wife right there. She's behind me, and I've gone on that ride every year but one for the last eight years, and we raise a lot of money for Baptist Children's Homes. It's a fun event. We just ride across the state of North Carolina. We stop at the campuses all the way across for three days, raising money as we go. It's a fun event for men and women. You get to see the campuses, which I'm very proud of. You get to see our kids and, and where your money's going. And then we raise money at the end. We turn in our receipts, and we just try to raise money and bless the kids. How can you help us? You're already doing it, but let me just run through it for you. Pray for us. We need staff. We need employees now more than ever. The children's numbers are not decreasing. They're increasing. That means we need more help. Pray that God would call up people in local churches that want to serve children specifically. And if they want to serve children, maybe they want to serve with us at Baptist Children's Homes. Pray for us. Give as you can, which you are. You're doing that today. Thank you. And go. We want you to come to our campuses. We want you to take some opportunities to come and go with us and see who we are and what we do. Lastly, let me thank you. Okay? Let me just sincerely thank you for what you do for Baptist Children's Homes because we can't do it without you. I'm going to ask if you would to stand to your feet. We're going to ask your pastor to come forward. He's going to be with me standing down here. And I know I'm not your pastor, but if you want to speak to me, I'll be glad to talk with you. Uh, if you want to pray for us or pray for our ministry, I'll be glad to pray, that, pray through that with you. But if you want to talk to your pastor, you know Pastor Jamie. He's your pastor or the other staff that may come down. If there is anybody here today who doesn't know Jesus, I'll, have you seen in the Scripture from Genesis to Romans that God is, God's design has been to make a way for man to be received into his family. Have you not seen that? God's heart from the beginning is to take anyone who feels orphaned from God and to give them a home. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, we need to start with that. At Baptist Children's Homes, that is one of the central messages we have to give these children because you can imagine they have no hope. Our hope is in Jesus. That is the foundational rock that we depend on and that we lean on. Everything that we do at Baptist Children's Homes is trying to make sure 
that every child hears the gospel before they leave our care. And we're fortunate that many of them receive Christ before they leave our care. We're very fortunate and blessed. I want to thank you all. I know we're going to sing a hymn of invitation and have an opportunity to respond. We'll be right down in front here if you'd like to speak with us or pray with us. And I just want to let you know that inside your bulletin, there's a care card in there. And if you want to fill out your, the care card, and if you, if you have questions about knowing Jesus, Jody, thank you so much for that gospel presentation. Please fill that out. Put it in the basket in the back, and we'll get that. Then we can be in contact with you uh, in the coming week. Also, I want to remind you that we're taking up an offering for Baptist Children's Home. How many of you knew that Baptist Children's Home did all that they're doing? I didn't. So what a tremendous opportunity to give to a wonderful ministry. Jody, thank you so much for being here and your family. Excellent speaker. Let's give uh, the Lord a hand clap of praise for that. So, so after, I, after I pray, Jody will be down here at the front if you have some questions for him. We have a lot of opportunities to minister with Baptist Children's Homes. But one of the best things you can do is give. One of the best things that you can do is give. Everything that you give in this offering right now will go to them. Make your check out to East Hills of Baptist Church, and then we'll get a check to them, okay? Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much. Father, number one, for Jesus, for your life, death, and resurrection to make salvation possible. Father, thank you for loving children. Thank you for loving adults. Father, as Jody said, Lord, it's, it's not where you start, it's where you end, and it all starts with Jesus. Father, I pray that you'd bless, continue to bless the Baptist Children's Home. Lord, financially. Lord, with staff, spiritually. Father, I'm, I'm honored and proud to be a part of the North Carolina Baptist State Convention. And thank you for the men and women in place that had the vision years ago to start ministries like the Baptist Children's Home. Thank you for Jody as a spokesperson. Father, I pray that you'd bless his ministry, his, his marriage. Uh, Lord, he's a dad. Pray that you'd bless him there. And Father, as he travels back and forth speaking on behalf of Baptist Children's Home, I pray that you'd encourage him. And Father, I pray that we'd never take these times for granted to give. We're not here by accident. Lord, we're here by divine appointment. And Lord, I know that you've spoken to people, number one, about salvation. Number two, about service. Number three, many people can give more than others. But Lord, every gift matters and you see it. And I pray that you be honored and glorified because of what's done today, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people said together. Amen. God bless you. I hope you have a great Sunday afternoon and hope to see you back here tonight at 5 p.m. Thank you.